So trying to think of what I was going to say it was really difficult. And I, I don't possess the ability or the eloquence to convey in a short window just how much the last two and a half years have meant to me. I don't have the ability or the giftedness or the talent to be able to convey truly the feelings that I have in my heart. And so I've just got to borrow from what Paul wrote to a church that he loved so much. In Philippians 1, he wrote this, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all. Because I hold you in my heart. The last two and a half years have been the most challenging and rewarding of my life professionally. Without question. They have been the most challenging and they have been the most rewarding. And it's impossible for me to come up here and convey just how much you all have meant to me personally, how much you have meant to my wife Brooklyn, how much you've meant to our boys, not just in our interpersonal relationships, but in this, collect, this collective, this church, and what this church has meant to us as a family and, and as people individually. I say this, that, that we love you all, and I love you all, and from the bottom of my heart, I do. I, I don't possess the ability to, to fully, fully explain that. So I just want to walk you through the journey that has been Restoration Church and hope in, in the process of this that that can be conveyed. My wife and I were coming out of a, a, a bad experience. And, and it just it wasn't a good fit for us. And there were really good people involved, but it wasn't a good fit. And, and maybe you've experienced one of those in life. And, and if you have, I just want to encourage you, don't become jaded. Don't allow other people to discourage you. Try to see the good in everyone. Try to see the good in every situation. Learn as much as you can in every situation that you find yourself in. And take those lessons and become a better person for it. Don't harbor bitterness or rage or anger. Don't wish ill on people. That's been a, a philosophy of, of mine, and it's the way we really lived our, our lives. And it's the way that we tried to conduct ourselves throughout all of the transition. And, and yet we, we felt that, that God was calling us to, to, to do this, to start Restoration Church. And so that's what we announced. And, and that announcement was met with a lot of encouragement and a lot of people coming alongside us and saying really nice things. But that announcement was also met with some people who questioned our motives, who said things about us that weren't true. And so we found ourselves right there as in this process of starting a church, having a lot of support, but, but also there were some naysayers, there were some critics, and there's always going to be. 
Never let the critics define you. Never let the critics get you down. They're going to exist. The only way you will please everyone is to do nothing. Otherwise, there are going to be people who don't like what you do. There are going to be people who don't like your approach. There are going to be people who like something else. And that's okay. God's made us all different. That's fine. So we were praying about what's next, and, and we said, let's, let's start Restoration Church. But we felt an urgency to, to do something now, and we didn't have a venue in mind. We didn't have a worship leader. We didn't have any money. But the more we prayed about it, the more we thought we need to do something and we need to do something soon because there were stories all around us that were breaking our hearts as we saw a world that was in chaos and we saw people who needed Jesus and we saw a community that was hurting in so many ways. And so I had as many conversations with as many churches that met in theaters as I could have. I would call and reach out to churches, some of which would never call us back, some of which would never respond, others of which would give us a couple minutes of their time, others of which would talk to us for hours and tell us everything that they were doing, telling us what was successful, what wasn't successful, and I just soaked that up. I had as many conversations with people as I possibly could, just wanting to let them know what we were hoping to do. And we, we got a lot of responses from people. Some were very positive, others not so much. Some were very negative. Some people just refused to talk to us. Some people promised that they would come alongside us and support us. And, and many people did, but some of those people, they never did. And they would just keep saying, we're going to support you, we're going to help you out, we're going to be there. And they never were. And that's where I learned a very valuable lesson in life. That people mean well. And people will say things. But the follow-through is what's really important. And that's what really, really matters. And so armed with a couple ideas and just a, a passion and a vision that we couldn't fully explain, we came to an agreement to rent out Theater 7 at Tinseltown. And we were going to start in March. And based on what Brooklyn and I had saved and banked away, I knew that we could meet for three months. If, if nobody ever gave a dime, we would just write it off of our personal savings and say we just God was calling us to do something. So this is, this is what we're going to do. We believe that this is what God has in store for us, but if it blew up in our faces, so be it. You learn your lessons and you move on. And so we came here the very first Sunday in March, 2016. A couple weeks before, we'd, we'd come into contact with Andrew, and he agreed to come on the team. A couple weeks before Andrew had agreed to come on the team, Tyler left a comfortable job that she would have been able to spend a career in if she so desired. But she wanted something more. And we told her about what God was doing in our hearts and our lives. And she took a risk. 
She joined in. And there was uncertainty to go around in, in all of us. There was uncertainty with Andrew. I met with him, and he was coming out of a, a more stable church environment. It, it wasn't the greatest experience for him either, but he was somebody who, was, who other churches were calling and were very interested in. And I looked at him, and I said, I can promise I'll pay you for three months. That's what I can promise you. And I, I'll write the checks personally if I have to, but I, ca- I can promise you three months. But beyond that, I can't guarantee anything. But here's, here's what God's doing in our hearts. Here's the vision that we have. If this is something you want to come take a chance on, we'd love to have you. Then we s- started getting word out and people started to rally. And support came in slowly but surely. People, people were willing to buy in and they were praying for us and they were sending us money and we were able to buy some equipment. And so on March 6th, for the very first time, we came into this room just to set everything up and tear everything down and just figure out how, how we could make everything work. And the theater double booked us with a movie. So we literally had an hour and a half to get everything set up. And as soon as we did, we had to tear everything down. We couldn't even power everything up. And the next week was, was the week in, in spring that's one of the worst weeks ever because you lose an hour of sleep. And there was no way we were going to run our first service on a day that nobody liked anybody in the world and everybody just wanted to still be in bed. And so we, we came back that week, but we all showed up early because of what had happened the week before, and we set everything up, and we didn't know what to expect. We just did sound checks. We prayed about it. We said, next week we're going. And we're just trusting God to, to show up and to work and to do something. And then the next week came. We didn't have light stands at that point in time. We didn't have a camera stand. So literally, and, and you're going to see a, just a, a short portion of our first Sunday in, in a few minutes. But the camera was just being rested, I believe, either on the back of a chair or on, there was the back of a row. And we were just resting. This isn't even the church's camera. We were resting the Awe-Boss GoPro. They like completely trusted us. And, and like at that point in time, we couldn't pay for a couple hundred dollar camera if that sucker broke. And so the whole time I'm just praying, God, please don't let anything happen to the GoPro. And it didn't. And then we got the camera stand. And then I quit praying about the GoPro. And then a couple weeks later, Tyler forgot got the GoPro in one of the theater cup holders. And so while a movie was going on and I'm freaking out, she had to run back up to the theater and find the GoPro and somebody was planning to steal it. And they watched her walk past them five times without saying anything. And while she was in tears about to leave, they're finally like, oh, did you leave a GoPro sitting here? (laughs) She's like, yeah. She's like, you just saved my life because I would have killed her. I was ticked. The Allballs would have been gracious. We would have bought them a new GoPro, but I'd have killed her. And so she came back, and we've never, we've never forgotten the camera ever since then. But the, the lights that we had were just in, in theater seats right in front of us, and we just aimed them up. 
And literally for six hours after the service, I was seeing spots in my eyes because, the, uh, because of the lights just shining right into my eyes. We got a, a soundboard that somebody given us that crapped out after a couple weeks, just completely bit the dust. We had a lot of, a lot of just fun along the way and a lot of adventures. And we've just been able to add to it piece by piece by piece. But it was a very humble start. It was a very small beginning. And then we finally were starting to get some headwind. We were starting to add to our equipment list. People were starting to hear about it. Some people were coming. And then two people on staff decided that they liked each other and wanted to start dating. And I'm like, that's not going to last. So then I'm like, great. They're going to fracture the church because they're going to date for a few weeks. And then they're going to break up. And then they're not going to be able to stand each other. And so I just sat them down separately and said, if you guys want to date, that's fine. But one of you's got to figure out which one's going to leave when this doesn't work out. And that's literally what I told them. And then I said, I'm not paying you while you date each other because the last thing we need at this point in time is a sexual harassment lawsuit when your relationship goes bad and then one of you's mad at the other person. So you're off the payroll till you guys can figure it out. Thinking, thinking that they would wisen up and realize, ah, we don't really like each other. We're just doing something that's really exciting and, and that would pass. I think it brought them closer together. They're still together. Like six months later, they look at me like, can we start getting paid again? We're still together. <laughs> I'm like, if we have the money, yeah, we'll try to figure something out. Here they are. See, the truth is Restoration Church looked then and it does now. It looks a lot different than I thought it would. And it looks a lot different than, than either even I planned it. And so when Brooke and I were praying about everything and, and thinking through the vision that we wanted to cast and, and, and what this would look like, I, I told her from the start, I said, I don't know how this is going to go. I said, you've got to understand, 90% of the people who try to do what we're doing, they're, they're closed within two years. They're done. And that could very well be us. I don't know. I don't have any promises for you. I can't guarantee anything. I, but if you're willing to, to stick in, if you're willing to give me that time, then I promise you that, that we'll, we'll try to do our best and we'll see what happens. But we did the math, and by the time, if I would have gone out, and if I would have gotten a second job, by the time I would have made what I can make, because I don't really have that many skills. Like, you do not want me doing manual labor. There's, there's a very small window of what I'm able to do, all right? I know some of you fly planes, that's out for me. Some of you work at doctor's offices, mm -mm, I'd pass out, so I'm gone there. Uh, you know, some of you work in construction. I made electrical units for a while that were installed at a dorm at Kent State, and a couple years after that, there was a fire in the dorm from an electrical unit. I think the statute of limitations to come back and sue my work is over. Uh, I'm, I'm convinced. I don't know, but there's no question in my mind. It was one of my units that I put together. No question in my mind. So that's out. So there's only so many things that I can do. And I did the math, and by the time we were paying for daycare for two of our boys, it was 
essentially going to be a wash. And so I spent my days at home watching our boys. And then at night, as soon as Brooke would come home, I start and went to work on church stuff, either in my office at the house or would go out and meet with people. And, and so it was it was a, it was a rough rough stretch for us personally and we're, we're fine but that just takes a toll on you and you can you can become exhausted and and it was great and we don't regret it for a second but it wasn't going to be sustainable for us forever and it's okay that restoration church looks different than i than i ever imagined that it would this this is we just asked that god would do what he wanted to do that it's his it's not ours I found out who my friends were. In, in what I do, you, you have a lot of acquaintances, and that's not a bad thing. You, you, just, you meet a lot of people. You rub shoulders with a lot of people. And, and, and so you, you have a lot of acquaintances, but I learned who my friends are and the importance of quality of friends versus quantity of friends. And making sure that the people that you call friends are quality and they're people who are there for you when things are great and they're people who are there for you when times are tough. That's the true definition of a friend. When things are going well, it, it doesn't take any effort to be close by people. But when things aren't easy, that's when you discover who your friends really are. And I'm incredibly blessed because I get to count you as my friends. You have inspired me. You have encouraged me. You have supported me. Your love for God and service to this church is something that I've had the privilege to lead, but also to sit back and to celebrate. That so many of you are fulfilling positions that nobody, nobody really notices. But that this wouldn't be possible if you weren't functioning in those roles. From people who stand outside and say good morning and hi to people who just want to blow past them to get to a movie, just to be somebody to, to provide somebody a warm welcome and a hello and just let people know that there is somebody who sees them and people do care about them in this life. People who run equipment that nobody even notices until something goes wrong. People who roll up their sleeves and get on the floor and play with kids and make sure that they have a safe and healthy environment your love for each other, your love for this place, your service here, it inspires me. Your love that you've displayed to me and my family and for each other has changed me as a person. When I was leaving the church in Mississippi that I spent four years as a student pastor, the, the lead pastor of the church pulled my wife into his office, and he was a, a great mentor of mine. And he, he pulled my wife into his office, and he said, my concern for Brian in, is this. He loves people deeply. But he doesn't always know how to display that. 
And by the way that you have shown your love for us, you have helped me become more intentional and better at displaying my love for others. I don't know why God didn't bless this in the way I'd hoped. And it's something that I could sit there and I could rack my, rack my brain trying to figure out, but I'd never be able to fully wrap my, my mind around it. I don't know why God hasn't blessed this in the way that I dreamed, in the way that I hoped, but I know that His plans and His purposes are far greater than mine or my ability to comprehend His. In everything we did, our desire was to love people regardless of where they were on their spiritual journey, and to point people to Jesus. And I'm just asking you and I'm begging you, allow that legacy to live on within you personally. That whatever, wherever you encounter people, whether it be your family, your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, wherever it would be, always make it your purpose to love people regardless of where they are. And to help point them closer to Jesus. I'm not sure how to characterize this. You know, on, on one hand, uh, we're, we're leaving earlier than, than I thought that, that we would. On the other hand, I look at all that we've accomplished, the thousands of people who are hungry that we fed, the hundreds of books that we donated to an under-resourced community, just the the families that we helped at their, their lowest points, the school supplies that we sent to, to kids who couldn't, whose families couldn't afford supplies. On one hand, Restoration Church looks different than I ever dreamed, and it's ending too much earlier than I would have ever wanted it to. But on the other hand, I look at all we've accomplished, so I don't really know how to characterize what this is. I don't feel like Restoration Church is a failure, but I could see how some people could look at it and say, well, you, you, you're closing the doors, so, so it is. But, but let me tell you this. If this is what failure is, if this is what failure is, then I assure you there's nothing to fear. If this is indeed failure and I stand before you, I want to encourage you there's nothing to fear because I stand before you after two and a half years of somebody who has been loved, as somebody who's been encouraged, as somebody who's been supported, as somebody who has seen incredible things done by God. And so I just want to encourage you in your life, don't let fear hold you back. If this is indeed failure, there is nothing to fear. So whatever it is that you've been holding back, just go for it. You may fall flat. It may look different than you ever, ever thought or dreamed that it would. But the process will be rewarding, I promise you. Because I look out, and so many of you that I now call friends, I had no relationship with two and a half years ago. So whatever God calls you to do, whatever passion God's put within your heart and within your life, you trust Him. You go for it.
Trust God. Follow Him. Be willing to be uncomfortable. Don't allow this idea of comfort to to just stop you. Be willing to be uncomfortable. Always find joy. You brought joy back into my life. And for that, I can't thank you enough. I thank my God and all my remembrance of you. Always. In every prayer of mine. For you all, making my prayer with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all. Because I hold you in my heart. God, thank you for these friends. Thank you for this journey. Thank you for what you've enabled us to accomplish. How you've changed us. How you've changed me. Help us always love people passionately and point them to you.